We've been going through the seven values of the church just as a way to review. Value number one, biblical authority. We believe that the Bible is God's word and has the ability to show us a better way to live if we are willing to put ourselves under its authority and adjust our lives to what God reveals there as true and best. That the Bible is the foundation. That's where we stand, where we start. Value two, relational intimacy. No matter what you have done wrong, we believe that by grace through faith in Jesus alone, it is still possible to be reconnected back into intimate relationship with God. No matter what. No matter what. The price Jesus paid is sufficient. It covered it covered what was needed to restore you back into intimate relationship with God. Which brings us to value three. Intentional apprenticeship. We believe that following Jesus involves implementing a strategy to enthrall yourself with God and eliminate any obstacles or responses that stand against God's good intentions for you. A strategy to enthrall yourself with God. That's, that's kind of what we did this morning in worship was to enthrall ourselves with God. To take a look at God and see Him as who He is, which draws us closer to Him and motivates us to, to take uh, intentional actions, to make a plan, a strategy that we can live uh, to uh, have what God's good intentions for us are. And then last week, <clears throat> we talked about value four, authentic community. We believe that living life together in a safe Me Too community is the best opportunity for pursuing truth, truth and grace and experiencing the life that God has in mind for us. One person is easy to knock over. Two, much more difficult. A strand of three. See, the, the more that are woven together into this cord... The more of us that live together, intimately together, growing together in Christ, that's what this authentic community is. That's the best place and the best way for me to live and grow in this, in a me too place where you messed up your life. Yeah, well, me too. Me too. And, and Jesus is the one that's bringing restoration. And as we lean upon each other, as we bear one another's burdens, last week we talked about having... Uh, a band of brothers or sisters, a brotherhood or sisterhood that you can depend on. When you get that two call at 2 a.m. in the morning, but you have somebody to call. You don't have to go through these things on your own. And the other uh, thing was being a mentor. Remember that girl we listened to that sang and got about to the second line of the Star Spangled Banner and forgot the words? And that man came up and helped her sing, being a mentor. That's what we talked about last week, about the authentic community that we live in because we live in amongst a group of people who care. Now today we take that a little further about what's this community like? Um, what's next? What do we do? Well, <coughs> we see from God's Word that when I've been, when I come to Jesus Christ, I'm a new creation. Things happen to me. Because of Jesus, not because of anything I've done, but because of what Jesus did. I'm a new creation. Things change in me. And the, the old man and the old way of sin is being crucified and put to death. And the new man, the holy saint that I am now because of Jesus, well, now I'm called into the kingdom to live in this authentic community with you. And uh, so, as a result of all that, I've received the gift from God 
And, and there's no way that I can pay him back for that. You know how, uh, <laughs> like at Christmas, have you ever had a friend give you a really great gift? And while you were grateful for the gift, you also are now have that burden of, oh, now I've got to get them something. I've got to pay them back for the gift they gave me, right? Because you can't be outdone. And, and, you know, there's no way I can pay Jesus back for what he's done for me. I cannot reimburse him or one-up him or anything like that. Um, the mercy of God is just overwhelming. So how do I respond? Well, in Romans chapter 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view, it's God, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I look at God's mercy. Of everything that He's done to me through Jesus Christ. And everything He's laid out in front of me to do to His glory. And I look at all that and I think of God's mercy. The thing I deserved was death. Because the wages of sin are death. And I deserved that. But God gave me mercy and forgiveness and life. He restored me into harmony with Him. And so in view of that, what's my response? Here I am, God. I'm yours. Offer my body. Offer myself as a living sacrifice. Whatever I am, whoever I am, it's yours, God. It is for you to use. Prior to Jesus, you can picture a throne in my heart. I was sitting on that throne. I was the king of my life. But because of Jesus, I, I got off of that throne. And he took his rightful place on that throne. He is now king of kings and lord of lords. And I am his grateful servant, his brother, his friend. And he's my lover. He loves me. So, my response to him, <laughs> okay, here's a confession. One of my guilty pleasures, I listen to bluegrass music on the way to church on Sunday mornings. They have a gospel hour thing on there. Now, I say it's one of my guilty pleasures because the, the songs in my theology just don't line up at all, okay? But one of the songs this morning was, you better get down on your knees and pray. Now, if it was said like a plead of, oh, friend, you better, you better get out on your knees and pray. But it's not sung that way. It's sung like this. You better get out on your knees and pray. It's sung with that kind of an attitude. You know? You know that one, that thump in the chest of, hey, straighten up, buddy. It's, it's that kind of a song. That anybody could look to God and see what God has done for us. And that your response to that is to put your finger in somebody else's chest and say, you better straighten up, buddy. 
you're not seeing what I'm seeing. I can tell you that. Because what I'm seeing is God's mercy. I deserved God to thump me in the chest and say, Hey, Tony, you better straighten up. But God didn't do that. God sent Jesus to pay the price of my sin, which I was unable to pay. So, when I look at this mound of sin and the price that Jesus paid, what's my response? Here's my heart, God. It's yours. I give myself to you. Whatever you want to do with me, I'm all in. I'm a living sacrifice. Way back in the day, I heard somebody describe the difference. You know, the Old Testament is full of sacrifices where there were all kinds of sheep around the Israelite people because they were always needing to kill something to sacrifice. So they would grab the best lamb or the best heifer or the best pigeon or the best pile of grain they could find, anything they had that was the best, and they would go destroy it on the altar. And whatever was put on the altar was, was killed. And this is totally different, isn't it? This is a living sacrifice. I'm not being consumed up by God. I've been giving life through God. That by being this sacrifice, I'm actually even more alive than I've ever been before. Offering my body. Um, hey Jesus, what's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, strength. Four parts of who you are. So I offer my body, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here I am. God, I'm yours. Take me. Take all of me. Uh, and that is true in par- proper worship. We can stand from a distance and adore God for who he is. And rightfully so, because you can't help but look at God and see his beauty and not adore that. But real worship is seeing that God, seeing the mercy that that loving Father has, and say, here I am. I'm yours. What do you want me to do? Everything I have, everything I don't have, I'm yours. I'm all yours. Living sacrifice. That's true and proper worship. So we don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but we're being transformed by our minds being made over. Then, as our minds are renewed, we're able to know God's will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we offer ourselves to God, saying, here I am. Send me. But then I look at me and say, really, what do I have to offer? (laughs) Right? I'm just a screw up. What do I have to offer? Verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So, it's good for us to start out there with humility. Not false humility, but humility. Can I save anyone? No. No. Can I change anyone? No. I've tried my whole life. To change people. You can't change people. I can't even change me. I wish I could, but I can't. Jesus does that. So what can I do? Jesus wants me to be his hands, his feet, his mouth, his ears, his eyes, his heart. 
That's what he wants me to be. So it's not that I can come in and save the day because look at me. No, I'm a beggar that was looking for a meal. And I found a meal. And now I'm willing to turn around and look at the other beggars and say, Hey, down at McDonald's, 1.30 in the afternoon, they throw hamburgers out. You can get a free meal. Right? How do, you look at, how do you look with condemnation and judgment on somebody else who's just in the same boat you are? That's the heart we have to have. Jesus was very harsh on those who were uh, self-righteous and hypocritical. Thank God that I am not like that sinner over there. That's not the heart we have. And as we are living in authentic community, in a me too place, I can't be pointing fingers at you saying, well, at least I didn't screw it up like you did. No, I didn't. But I screwed it up the way I did. I sure did. So, here I am, Jesus. Send me. Living sacrifice. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of us. It's an interesting thing to think that our faith is distributed from God. See, even that isn't from me. That's from God. My faith in God is from God. And it grows over time. And over time, as my faith grows, I'm able to distribute more grace to others as God has distributed faith to me as I grow. Faithful in little, faithful in much. So I start out with a little thing. And I'm faithful in that. And then there's more. And I'm faithful with that. And there's more. And I'm faithful with that. And what are we talking about? What more? Well, verse 4. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so we in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So here we are as a body. Now I have ten fingers and ten toes. I, I need ten, apparently. If you have nine, you can make it work. If you have two, you can, you can make it work, as long as your thumb's one of them, right? So you have a pincher. But you kind of need ten. It's the way you were designed. Two eyes, two ears. It's the way we were designed to have all these members together. Now, it feels like today that I'm one big sinus and nose. You know, because it's the one taking all the attention with this cold. I'm grateful today I just have one set of that instead of being covered with it, right? And, and the same, think of me if I, were, if I were all knees or all heels or all elbows or all heart. Now, I need all these parts of my body. I, I need all the parts and they all have to work together. It's really important that my left foot and my right foot are going in the same direction. It's really difficult to walk when one wants to go one way and the other one wants to go the other way. It's very important that my hand, although made up of units, works together. The body has many members. The members do not all have the same function. So, we're that way in Christ and we have many people and many parts and we form one body, but we don't all do the same thing. So here we are back to an authentic community. That's the body. And uh, we belong to each other. We're connected. Like I said last week, if you disconnect a part from the body, it will die. If you disconnect a limb from the tree, it will die. We need each other. We belong to each other. We live together in harmony, in unity. 
offering ourselves as living sacrifices. You need something to eat? I got something to eat. You need a place to sleep? I got a place to sleep. You need a ride to town? I can give you a ride to town. Offering ourselves as uh, living sacrifices with humility, sober judgment. It's not my car. It's not my house. It's not my food. It's a gift from God. It's not mine. See, it, it's funny, and that's one of the first words that a baby says, like when they're old enough to motivate around and they have a toy and somebody's teasing them wanting to take the toy and they clutch it hard and pull it to their chest and say mine we learn that early don't we but Jesus taught me that it's not mine it's his it's his so the things he's given me I hold with an open hand you need them here they are it's not mine it's Jesus that's, that's the sober judgment so verse 6 we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I want to start with this from this passage. If you've been given a gift, use your gift. If you've been given a gift, use your gift. You have been given a gift. Use your gift. What's your gift? Do you know? If you don't know, why don't you know? Do you need help figuring out what your gifts are? I'll help you. Others here will help you. I would, I would start off by saying, well, what are you good at and what do you feel called to do? Probably a pretty good indication of what your gifts are. Now there's all kinds of gifts, gifts listed here. And this is not an exhaustive list of gifts. This is just some gifts. Prophesying. Telling the truth. Preaching. Teaching. Uh, hearing from God and being able to pass that on to others. If that's your gift, you should do that. Then right next to that is serving. I'm always blown away. So... God sent his son, Jesus, came to earth. And, and how's he known? As a servant. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. So we think of servant as the low end of the scale. Not in God's kingdom. Serving is way, way up there. It's very important to serve. If your gift is serving, then serve about teaching. You know, some people have a way of communicating thoughts and ideas, of telling stories that speak to the heart of men and women and boys and girls. Teaching. Do you have that gift? If you can teach, you know what you should be doing? Teaching. How about to encourage? We saw that last week in that mentor clip about the, the girl who lost her way and the, the man who came up and encouraged her. Get the mic back up there. Sing. You can keep doing this. 
you've got this. You can encourage. Listen, these things are gifts in the kingdom because these are things that are needs in the kingdom. The kingdom needs these things. Uh, giving. Then give generously. You know, one of the things about giving is you have to have something to give. And what could you give? Well, you could give money. So maybe the reason God has blessed you and you're rich, <coughs> excuse me, so that you can give. And maybe you don't have money. Maybe what you have is time. Give time. Give of yourself. Give. Do it generously. And if it is to lead, then lead. You know, not everybody has these gifts. Everybody has little bits and pieces of it. I was thinking of this the other day. I write computer software. And if we needed computer software written, I would recommend that I be involved in that. Now, if we needed some welding to be done here at the church, the guy who's the welder, welder ought to be involved in that. You know what I mean? Somebody who knows how to do it ought to be involved. That's the way these gifts are. Can I weld? Sure, back in 1974 I took a welding class in high school. I'm awesome at it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I've been gifted. You've been gifted. Use your gift. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Oh boy, does the church need mercy. So, has God given you gifts? Absolutely, He has given you gifts. Does everybody have the same gift? No. Do you have all of the gifts? Probably not. Does God intend for you to use your gifts? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you using them? That brings us to value number five. Gifted service. We are committed to being the kind of people who reflect both the purpose and the personality of Jesus by leveraging the gifts Jesus has given us for the benefit of others. Both inside the church and outside the church. Um, Jesus would go up on the mount and he would say something about loving your neighbor and about the blind having their eyes open and the limbs restored and then he would come off the mountain and he would interact with people and he would open the eyes of the blind heal the lame feed those that were hungry bring back to death back to life those who were dead right because that's what the ministry of reconciliation is about is restoration now gifted service the kind of people who reflect both the purpose what's the purpose of Jesus well to seek and save what was lost to heal the brokenhearted, bring freedom to the captives right to open the eyes of the blind to make the deaf hear to make the dead alive to bring restoration to all things that's the purpose of Jesus why do we why do we have gifted service why do we have gifts for the, for the purpose that, that Jesus had. And what's the personality of Jesus? Jesus is not pointing somebody on the chest and saying, you better get on your knees and pray. That's not Jesus. What is the personality of Jesus? Well, he's a servant. 
He's a lover. He's gracious. He's kind. Merciful. He's a giver. Looking to the needs of others, not only his own, but those around. So the purpose and personality of Jesus. By leveraging the gifts. Look, you've been gifted. You have. You have gifts that were given to you to be used for the kingdom. And over time, I subject that those gifts will grow and change and you'll get more as, as things are needed. And as you are faithful with little things, you'll be put in charge of big things. Now, um, we leverage those gifts. See, that means your gift and my gift working together is greater than my gift and your gift working alone. See, when we come together and do all these kind of things together in the name of Jesus, it's leveraged and has a bigger impact than it would if I were just out doing something on my own. And the purpose of this gifting is for the benefit of others. Those inside the church and those outside the church. Uh, the stuff I have and the gifting I've received, it's not mine, it belongs to God. And he ordains what I do with it. With his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Now this next section of the sermon is the one to where I go. That where you'll start feeling uh, guilt and accusation and condemnation. And I just want to say that's not my purpose. To make you feel guilty or to accuse you or to condemn. But... What are you doing with your service? What do you do? What are you doing? When was the last time you intentionally set aside some time to go do something for somebody else? Now, I'm not saying you don't ever do that. That's not my point. Is how much and does that describe who you are? Is that a normal part of life? That you do things for other people? That you set aside your stuff, your time, your abilities, and you use that for the church or in the name of the church to help those in the community. There are needs. We can start writing a list of needs, you know. <laughs> there are people with needs. Sick children, sick grandparents that need things, right? People who can't drive that need a ride to the doctor back and forth. There are people who don't have food. There are people who live in squalor. There are people who don't know how to manage their money. There are people who are addicted to all kinds of things. There are children that are being abused. There's men and women that are being abused. Right? There's the whole sex porn trade industry that, that, that needs, you know, uh, alcoholics, narcotics, gambling addictions, prison, prison ministries, homeless, we, we can just keep going, right, and enlisting people that need things. People who, who don't have a, a warm house to sleep in. That, that need just maintenance done. We can talk about this building. Right? So you could stand up here and, and preach a sermon. Or you could teach a Sunday school class. Or you could help with Kids Zone. Or you could make the coffee. Or you could pull the weeds out of the parking lot. And patch the roof where it leaks. See, not everybody can do all those things. And one person shouldn't do all those things. And so this is the call 
to you to say, what has God gifted you with and what are you doing with it? Gifted service, that should describe the way that we live for each other. Whether it's an organized thing that you do or just an organic thing that you do on your own. We need both. We need it all. Um, Thursday, you know, there was the community Thanksgiving dinner. Some of you may have went and helped prepare that or deliver those food. Good for you. And some of you may go to a homeless shelter and, and, and serve soup. Good for you. And some of you may teach Bible studies or, or help counsel or whatever it is you do. Good for you. Keep doing it. But the call is, what, what has Jesus given you? And what does he want you to do with it? Jesus is king. He is Lord. He is the one that sets the course and the path for these things that we're doing. Um, our enemy is right here at every turn to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the best things he likes to steal, kill, and destroy is the idea that you have something to offer. And it's kind of a joke among some of us that when we ask, what do you know? And, you know, the common line is nothing. And my answer is everything. What do you know? Everything. I figured the first liar doesn't stand a chance, so... If you're going to say nothing, I'll say everything. Neither one of them are true, right? Everybody knows something. What do you know? Well, I've been married for 30 years. I know how to love my wife. Or I've been, I've been leading my household for 15 years. I kind of know how to do that. Or I've been studying God's Word and I know how to pray. What do you know? I know lots of things. What do you have to offer? You have the words of life to offer. Jesus is alive in your heart. You have something to give. Now, maybe standing up like this isn't your thing, and, and that's fine. It'd be crazy if there were two or three of us standing up here doing this on any Sunday morning, wouldn't it? We don't need, we don't need that. Uh, but we do need what your gift is. It needs to be used for the kingdom of heaven in the name of Jesus. But we can leverage those things together. In John 13, 34, it's an interesting verse. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Wait a minute. That's not a new command, is it? Love one another? It's in the Old Testament too, love one another. I know, it's the second part that's the new part. Here, here's the way that the world says it. I love you, so love me back. Right? I, I was really nice and kind to you. So you should be really nice and kind to me back. And that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I loved you. Now, you love Steve. Or you love Helen. I loved you. You pass it on. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. As I have loved you... So must you love one another. Uh, you see in the response to the overwhelming mercy of God that I'm now a living sacrifice who's been gifted. Jesus has given me things to use for the kingdom. And my response is because of the love of Jesus is then to turn that horizontal and to love my neighbor as myself. In view of God's mercy to love Jesus 
The love of Jesus flows into me and then out of me. Using the gifts that God has given me to do incredible things. And I know the enemy is right there all the time to steal this stuff and to destroy it and say it won't work and it doesn't matter and it won't have any impact. And that's just not true. That's a lie from our enemy. I have seen incredible impact from the love of God given to a gifted servant of, of, of God passed on to somebody else and their response back from that. Right? I believe I could get a witness to that this morning. About how the love of God into the servant of God using the gifting of God is a great blessing to the kingdom and to the other person. By using the gifts that God has given us to express the love of Jesus to others. So that they might find life and freedom in Jesus. And that's back to value five, gifted service. We are committed to being the kind of people who reflect both the person, the purpose, and the personality of Jesus by leveraging the gifts Jesus has given us for the benefit of others, both inside the church and outside the church. Like I've been saying about these gifts, these values rather, I can stand up here and spout what our values are, but all that is is me making some picture frames and hanging them on the wall. We, as a body, we say what our values are. I think this is a value we ought to all have. Gifted service. Right? That we're taking what God has given us and because of the love of Jesus we're spreading that love to those we come in contact with. Both inside the church and outside the church. And it doesn't matter if we put this on the sign out front. If we don't do this. We have to do this. This is action oriented. So as an authentic community of believers, we are drawn together because of the love of Jesus and the bond of Jesus. And then we work together. My fingers and my arm work together to do really important things. And in the body of, of Christ, the fingers and the arm work together to do really important things. That's how it works. What's your role in that? What role are you playing? In what way are you expressing the love of Jesus to someone else physically? Be warm and well fed. See you next week. That doesn't do it, does it? It's not with words. It's words and deeds. You have to do both. And I'm not very generous with my scores this morning on how well we do this. Some of this we do really good. Overall, no, we don't do this very well. We can do much better. There's much opportunity for growth for us to, to live as an authentic community with gifted service. We have an incredible amount of resource. You people are awesome because of what Jesus Christ has done in you and through you and given you. And we have a huge obligation to the world to spread that love of Jesus out. Because they'll know we are Christians by our bumper stickers and our necklaces. Now they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. Jesus, uh, search our hearts. Show each one, show me the way I have been gifted and what you intend for me to do with that gifted, giftedness. Jesus, I give 
every part of my being to you. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. I love you with my whole heart. And I offer myself to you as a living sacrifice. Uh, Jesus, I, I don't know what to do with this and, what, and when and how, but I know you do. So give me eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that is willing and courageous enough to offer what I have to those around. That you would be glorified by our service, by our love. Jesus, I don't do this as some way to try to pay you back. I can't pay you back. This is the response of love because of the way you loved me. Here I am, I'm yours. Take me, use me. Speak to each one of us, Jesus. Show us the gifts that we've been given and the way that you would have us use them. Be with the leadership of this church to put the right kind of programs and service things in place that are needed and that are ordained by you, Jesus. Uh, use us to love the community in whatever way you see fit. We pray it all in your name. Amen.